And we're live. Are we live? We're live. We're live. Sure. That's it. We're in. Here we go. Fantastic. Am I live? Yeah, we're all live. We're um, we're <laughs> where are we? We're so in we're in sunny Oxfordshire. Well, not that sunny actually. It's actually a little bit rainy outside. Um, but the three of us have come down to join one of our best bros, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Eddie Dyer, who actually got us into High Rocks and into the space. Uh, we've come down to have a little bit of a fitness weekend, catch up with him and just soak up the Jubilee weekend. But I think it's only right just to say and let you introduce yourself. Hello, Eddie Dyer. Well, thank you very much for having me, guys. Great to be here. Um, and also really cool. I mean, obviously, to have introduced you guys to High Rocks and I, I'm just really happy with how you guys have really just uh, gotten so involved. I've seen you guys at a bunch of the gym events. You've come to a bunch of the main events. Um, and so it's super cool. Um, to give you guys some context, the listeners, as to who I am, um, I am Eddie Dyer. And, <laughs> and I, uh, I joined High Rocks about two years ago now. Um, and so I've been kind of involved in High Rocks ever since we launched in the UK. Um, and so I've been very, very involved in everything in the UK. But with High Rocks, we're still a relatively small team internationally. So I've been very close to the, the whole organization. And what's your position, sorry? What, what is it you actually do? Nice. I mean, we'll get into the nitty gritty, yes. but just give us a top line. I am the UK brand manager, which basically means all sales and marketing. Um, I oversee all of that in the UK and a lot of the gym stuff that you've, you've seen, obviously I've been present at a lot of those gym events. Um, but we benefit a lot from the, our European colleagues. They come over and they deliver those, the big events. Um, they, they come over and they do an amazing job and they lead on the ops side. That's wicked. The, as ever, thank you for introducing yourself, but the other people here as well, uh, without further ado, I mean, you guys, I couldn't, couldn't let it out with introing you in, but Tom and Max, as ever, here on the pod. Hell yeah. Can I just say, we're also, this is the first podcast we're doing in person. So that's very exciting. Because all, all, all three hosts are here and our esteemed guest. And it's, um, yeah, I'm just, it, I mean, it's, it's, I'm nice, curious, it's nice to be I'm, with you. I'm curious to see how it comes in out, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, we've had a fantastic day so far, but we'll tell you about that in a bit. I'll round it off with introductions. Max, as always, checking in. Do oh, yeah, have... it's, I'm Tom. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <In case laughs> I didn't, you didn't do that. <laughs> we are sat here. I'm amazed no one's mentioned the fire yet. We're sat here on the Jubilee weekend in a fantastic little setup that we have here. The fire is going. We have incense burning. Everyone has a tea. I'm looking at cucumber water at the mm, moment, mm, mm. and I'm also stroking one of six dogs that are currently roaming the lands. <laughs> I don't think it could be more wholesome. It is bougie as fuck, um, but in a brilliant way, I'd say. Um, but uh, yeah, so the reason we are here is, like we said, to see, to see our bro and catch up, but I guess maybe we kick it off with what we've actually been up to today. I mean, we've caught up in person, had a chit chat, had a few uh, beers early on in the sauna. But before that, we actually started it off by having a little bit of a group workout, which was good. We did what, what would you call it? A three quarter high rocks? Three quarter high rocks. Yeah, we did everything other than the sled push and the sled pull, which isn't really a three quarter high rocks because we all know how tough the sled push and pull are. So, um, but it was still Still a tough workout. I think it always is. It's always a humbling experience, uh, but it was it was fun. 
I didn't do the, the event for anyone that's worried. <laughs> I'm still injured or concerned. I didn't, but I did do the timing. I was the I was the judge. Um, is it worth us doing showing our times? Yeah, well, let's un- let's unpack. Well, I mean, should we was- unpack what the actual event was first? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, we did, as I say, everything other than the t- the sled push and the sled pull, which, uh, for those of you who aren't high rocks lovers yet, um, that includes uh, a thousand meter run into a thousand meters on the ski erg into a thousand meter run into 80 meter burpee broad jump into a thousand meters on the rower into a thousand meters or or sorry um into uh, farmers carry 200 meters Uh, we did the regular men's weight um on that one and then we did 100 wall balls at the end with sorry and i and i and i skipped over the fact that there's a thousand meters. For those of you who don't know, there's a thousand meters between all of those exercises. I just did it for the first. And you said regular men's weight. What's that? That is 24 kg on the on the on the kettlebells. And 20k sandbag as well, right? And we did a 20k sandbag. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think I, did I miss that? Yeah, maybe I missed mm. that. So, drum roll, please. The times. <laughs> In first place. You kind of, I mean, you, it kind of makes sense. Just you say kind it, of just say it, it. Just say it, just say it. In first place, we have Eddie, Shots. 51 minutes, there or thereabouts. Second, we have Max at 58 minutes. And then third, bringing up the rear with a solid time of 65 minutes. <laughs> I do like five. the rear. Yeah, the 65. Um, I mean, it was, it was it, I enjoyed myself. But you did smash out the 35 burpees at the very end, 35 wall balls at the very end, which I was very impressed with. Oh, you, so, mean, you mean yeah. to say he did 100 wall balls, but he did the then last 35 in one go. Exactly. Yeah. What I yeah. find interesting is that we're pretty much staggered seven minutes apart. So we go yeah. from 51 something to 58 something to 65 something. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting, actually. Very interesting observation. Mm. I mean, we've got three different <laughs> so Now, or now we just points. need to try and push all of ours down by seven minutes, maybe. Or yes. maybe that's a bit aggressive. I mean, next uh, Jubilee. We'll try and do that? two minutes. Uh, <laughs> we'll have ten. I'll have. I'll be. I'll be better by then for sure. Ten years time. Yeah, next well, Jubilee, you'll actually hope. take part. Hopefully, next. Yeah, fingers <laughs> yeah. crossed. Sure. Should we ask any some questions then? If yeah. we're if we if we were happy to get into it to dig into the kind of history between you and High Rocks and I guess sport in general and how you've kind of yeah your your sporting journey so far, but then also how you got into High Rocks because you've got a bit of a sports background. Yeah. Sure. Um, so I've always been super sporty. I've always been a bit of kind of like an all-rounder. I've always loved to play football, tennis, golf. I've always ran. I started a running club actually um, at, at school with you guys. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I didn't join. A lot that. of fun. <laughs> I don't think any of us joined. No, you <laughs> hated running then. Um, so I've always been really into um, fitness and kind of sports. And, and health, I guess, generally. I've kind of always just had been a little bit that way inclined. Um, and so I was actually, you've actually skipped a little bit of um, of my biography because it wasn't when I came back from the US that I started with High Rocks. I started with High Rocks when I came back from Australia. So I, I went to college in, in the US um, for four years. Then I finished college and I went to work in, in, uh, in Sydney uh, for a tennis event out there. Worked out there for a couple of years, um, which which was great. Anyone who hasn't been to Sydney or or, or uh, Australia generally, you should definitely I'd highly recommend it. Um, but when I came back um, to to the UK, I, I got involved with High Rocks, which came through my sister who had, who was actually working for High Rocks in the US. 
Um, and so that was when I came back and that was when I got you guys um, involved with Pyrox. International man of mystery. And sorry, so what did I, did I ask you? Well, question? no, I'm just curious. What was it? Because, oh, okay, fine. Family connection, sister works there. But like, why did she join? Like, why, why was Hyrox an attractive offer for you? Mm. Um, why was it an attractive offer for me? I looked at it and I thought, this is really aligned. Like I mentioned, obviously, I've always been in, engaged with sports and fitness. I've always been naturally kind of interested in that stuff. And so when my sister mentioned it to me, um, what Hyrox was all about, um, and I and I started looking into it online and stuff. I was like, oh, this looks really cool. Um, and it wasn't yet in the UK, and I I happened to be returning to the UK, so I was like, okay, I'd be really interested in in you know working on setting this up in the UK. And when you say it was really cool, I'm just trying to like dig in a little bit. What like what resonated with you about like was it the particular workout like approach like what resonated with you? Yeah, good Hyrox. question. Good question. I think the branding of Hyrox is really cool. I think that's what what captures. I think a lot of people with the. Uh, it's got very. I, I think it's got very strong branding with the the black on. Or, or sorry, the white on black. Um, Tom's actually wearing a heel top, which is, also has black on, <laughs> white on black. Um, Not but, uh, I'm just, just, just started getting into. We're gonna heel. need to get you it's another really another Hyrox top. <laughs> um, no, I think that I think the branding looks looks very cool. Um, I think the workout concept is really interesting obviously i think a, a question that i get a lot is oh will hyrox ever change the workout and i asked that exact question to i spoke to christian who's the the ceo and founder um before i joined and that was one of the things i asked him i was, I was like okay so we're gonna change it up it's you know and, and i would kind of i guess came at it from the perspective of um oh you know it'd be good to have some variety and, and so it doesn't get stale and stuff but i think um and our position as as Hyrox is you you won't see any any spin-offs anytime soon. Um, I think down the line, who knows who knows in the f in, in the future. But for now, I don't I don't think we see any any kind of different variations of Hyrox coming anytime soon. Um, and I think that's a really cool part of Hyrox in that now it's something I really like about it because you can you can track your progress year on year. You can compare your time against anyone across the world. Um, so I think that's actually really that's actually a really cool part of the, the high rocks. Yeah, I think it's that consistency aspect, which like I personally really like because I know exactly what I'm. I have to eat every day. I'm there, like right. I've got a hundred warbles for breakfast, and uh, it's just getting through it. And I think you the munch through those warbles. I fucking love them, man. <laughs> I mean, we got, had a very spicy debate afterwards about what classified as a warble, and I think we'll have to unpack that properly at another point. But <laughs> it's it was fucking funny. Um, anyway, the um, so the consistency is something that. I personally like, and I think a lot of people out there like the, obviously you've got the gym tour and the main event and the main event is something that where everything sort of culminates, all that training, all that sort of world and ethos is that that's what the brand lives on when you, you have these things. What I'd love to get into, if it's all right with you, is actually talk about the actual events themselves and the, the what goes into putting a show like that together. Um, like if you were able just to walk us through the process from early doors, like how do you scout, um, how do you scout different places? Like, is it a case of uh, trying to find a venue that works for everyone? Do you ever think about demographics or sort of people that are close to it? Um, yeah, just walk us through like what it takes to build it and how it is to put it on. Yeah, sure. Um, so as I say, 
in the UK, I have to maybe maybe qualify qualify my answer. We are, but we're close. We work very closely with the German team in terms of actually putting on our main events and the the operations around it. Um, now, I also have to kind of uh, qualify and say that we don't directly manage the ops around around our events um, in the UK. So. If you want to really ask the nitty gritty, the real nitty gritty, then you can go to you can speak to our German guys. But um, I can tell you kind of I guess uh, the the basics in terms of the operations of the event. Um, we have two two big sets of uh, equipment and and uh, branding and mm. gear and all the all, paraphernalia, all the, yeah, everything that comes with an event. Which anyone who's come to a Hyrox event knows that we fill up a very big hall and it doesn't feel. It doesn't feel empty. It's empty when we get there on Friday, <laughs> which is normally when we set up. So maybe that's an interesting insight for some people. We set we set up the the full event um, in one day. Um, so the wow. day the day before the event, we, we set it all up. Um, I bet that's full on. Yes, it's a full on day. It's a full on day. But again, I have to kind of uh, give a lot of credit to our ops team um, uh, and and the German team. They come over and they they really take take charge on that. Um, but they do it all in one day, which is super cool. How many people are we looking at? So you're getting the efficient Germans over. <laughs> Shout out. No, no, no shock there to, <laughs> to get this whole event set up in one day. But how, what's the manpower look like? How many, how many people? Um, I should know this because I, I booked the, <laughs> um, I booked the, uh, the hotels. <laughs> um, so in our core team and, you have to kind of remember that our core team, it's, there's a lot of people outside the core team that come and join in on, on event day. Um, so like with any major event, we have a ton of volunteers, we have a ton of staff that add on, but our core team that comes over to the event is in the case of um, the London event, which just went, went by, I think we had 45 people or so from our core team coming over and that spans across not just the setting up of the event that that includes marketing people that includes uh sales people that include everyone has a role um on setup day and on event day um but of that in terms of the ops the ops team is maybe 15 of those of those people um yeah and they they they're there just sort of putting the whole thing together breaking it down at the end. I mean, I always, I like talking to you when you say, I'm like, oh, do you want to go out for a beer after a high rocks? And you're like, dude, I have to break this down. Like, mm. this is going to take forever. Um, like, how, how's the breakdown after event? Yeah, um, the breakdown is, <laughs> again, I actually, I actually don't see the breakdown that much. I have to break, the core team have like um, their own little, little departments which we need to break down. Um, but the ops team, they stay there. So, and uh, maybe maybe again it's interesting for so, for some listeners um we set up in one day the day before the event and then the ops team normally have a deadline of 4 or 5 a.m the next day in which they need to be out of the event by so they are they are working um the good thing is that those guys don't have to work the event so, yeah, yeah, so yeah. They're, they're, they're normally sleeping during the day oh, yeah, the event, and resting and recovering from setup day and then they come back at 10 well it depends on on how long the event day is wow. but they come back at 10 p.m or whatever and then work until 2 3 a.m wow everything down. fair play i think the the, the one thing that I, I always question uh whenever i'm at one of these events is where does the equipment come from do you guys I was going to ask the exact same question like where there's so much you got got like a thousand concept two rowers 
did they come from from Germany? Also, do you, you know you you might have an event in London, then in Frankfurt the next day. Do you have one for like each specific region, or do you like pack it all up in a big trailer and then drive it across Europe, or, or how does it work? No, so we have two event setups, only two event setups, um, one in the U.S. and one in in uh, in Europe that covers the whole of Europe. So where where did the where did the the question was i think maybe the specific question was where where do the rowers come from for example or the concept 2 gear we um we get all that stuff that's a setup that we have and it lives it lives on the trucks throughout the whole season um so it's it's stays on our trucks which are i forget the number we have we have about five five or so massive trucks which come to each and every event um so we have Two setups is the answer to that question, and they so one travels around Europe, fair. and one travels around the US. Fair. So it mm. is it is a whole. You pack mm. everything up, and what you see in London will be the same thing you see in Madrid. Exactly, exactly. Totally. It is the same. It is the same equipment. This really interesting point with the same equipment, and I know this is a hot topic, so I'm going to ask you directly: with the carpets for the sled push and pull, <laughs> what is the deal with those? Do they get worn out? Do they travel the world? Like, is a virgin carpet the same to a, a ran carpet? What does that mean for the how easy it is throughout a, throughout a season? So the sleds are the the sleds are a, a controversial topic in High Rocks, um, and there are various different theories as to as to kind of why certain sleds certain people find them uh, harder to push or, or easier at different points in the season. Um, and there is the probably the one that has the most validity is is the earlier in the season as the as the carpet gets worn out or, or used more. I shouldn't say worn out; that doesn't sound <laughs> good. <laughs> as they get used more, um, it can sometimes feel feel a bit heavier um, to to push over. Um, obviously, with the sleds, it's the one area of Hyrox where there's quite a few moving moving pieces. Um, one of which is obviously the friction with the ground, mm-hmm. um, and so we're we're looking at ways to to try and make that even more consistent. It is the same carpet in in the in the in Europe as it is in the US, yeah. um, but there are various reports in terms of different people feeling yeah. feeling that it feels heavier in different events. Um, but that's one thing I would say about that, which is I think it's a really great reason for our European and US and uh, and World Championships. Because that means that anyone who has any any kind of uh, I guess uh, concerns about the the consistency of the equipment yeah. and and they're at maybe the at, at a higher level they can come to our world championships and they can race against uh, people on the exact same carpet yeah so that's really there's, good. there's no excuses there I feel like we're almost on an episode of high rocks Mythbusters because I have a, I have another question. <laughs> <laughs> There's also been talk about the rock zones not being necessarily the same distance. And I thought in my mind, until I heard that, that's ridiculous. Um, you measure that out and like I've seen your floor plans, it's so meticulously laid out. But some people are saying certain rock zones might be longer than other ones. And then that's why you might have a slower race and a faster race. And like that feeds into the whole sled push and pull uh, debate as well like what are the carpets like as i'm saying this by the way there's a dog 
quite literally clampering yeah, up it's quite onto, clam- onto, 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 onto the couch. But sorry, Eddie. Yeah. So my question is: the, Is the rock zone always the same, or is like the is the amount of running always going to be the same? Yes. So the amount of running is always going to be the exact same. The one, but you're right. The rock zone is sometimes different shapes and sizes. So the rock zone is sometimes bigger or smaller, but that's factored into the length of the total. Well, that's what I run, thought. So the is, is the next run mm. shorter or longer depending on. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So if you've got a big rock zone, for example, London was a very big event. It had, uh, it was our biggest ever event. Um, with just over 4,000 athletes. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, we had a bigger rock zone for that because we had more equipment coming over from uh, from Germany for that but, one. But to clarify, the kilometer is still the same. It's, it's just the overall duration in the rock zone is, is also the same. So that's a consistent thing. No. So what will happen is that the kilometer, the length outside the rock zone or around, around the... Uh, around uh, in the running track track. will differ if you've got a bigger rock zone then your time in the rock zone will be longer but your time running around will be different but how does that like then work with the time splits because the the chips are measuring you on the in and out of when you're entering the rock zone so you're measuring your dead time in the rock zone as well so does that mean that a kilometer isn't the same between races that's actually a really good question i don't know where they place those the timing guys will place those in specific spots. Obviously, that doesn't necessarily um, always have to be at the in or the out of the of the the track. Um, so I'm not sure where they place specifically those yeah. those timing uh, kind of those areas where you will hit. Well, the, if it's if it's all right with you, I don't want to cause a massive upset on the scene and say like the a kilometer is not the same between events. <laughs> so we'll probably do some real digging and actually talk mm. get a get a real answer on that because I don't yeah. want to be spreading false information. Uh, at all but it is interesting i think what we can say conclusively is that there's no such thing as a longer or shorter race it's exactly what i thought and you've kind of confirmed this they whoever's setting up the logistical layout will make it so that ultimately there's 8k of running and then a certain length of rock zone however long that is and it's then it's balancing those two things right so you can't say oh london is a slower race than frankfurt yeah but also, but also, there's there's like anomalies. Like London was a bit of an anomaly because we had, it was such a bigger event, so we had to accommodate for, I think we accommodated for 42 people per start wave, um, which in normal events it's 35. Um, so it was a bit of an anomaly. In most cases, the rock zones will, will be very similar sizes as well as the, um, obviously the runs. The the other question I have with regards to the rock zone, also the name of this podcast, um, is um, the position of the each different exercise like how do you decide like you put a row at one end and the warbles are at the finish line like is there any method in the madness because i mean when i'm super exhausted i'm running around i'm looking for one two three four five six seven eight and i'm like why are these in a wrong order like it's always been bugging me but i'm sure there's some some sort of reason Mm. there yeah so there's a number of factors that we have to take into account so um the spectator experience is something that we look into um, and so we, we work with the space and all the venues. You have to remember that all the venues are different shapes and sizes. So in Manchester, for example, we had a very like tall and thin venue uh, as opposed to London, which was just yeah, very the, big. Yeah, because the Rock Zone had three water stations in there as well. Right? Yeah. Or two water stations, one Red Bull station. It was kind of spanning across. The, you kind of backtracked on yourself, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
so we work with with the space that we're given in the venue and we try and make uh, the experience the best for for the spectators as well as the athletes so we try and i think anyone who's come to spectate at, at a high rocks will also be hopefully um uh, quite pleased with how how close you can actually get to the person that you're you're tracking which i think is a really cool part of high rocks so that's something we're we're factoring in and and obviously i know from an, an athlete's perspective it would be easier if it was maybe one two three four but there's a number of different things we need to take into account as to where we yeah where I, we I, place mean, those I love that when max was supporting me at london i was like mm. i wouldn't be able to do this without him like they're like high-fiving me as i go around so yeah really appreciate the, the answer on that it, it makes total sense it feels like you guys need to like get bigger venues to have more of an audience there now. Like when I was, the, I, I didn't go to the London one because of because um, I just didn't Your have knee, the correct yeah because yeah, of my knee. But um, I was at the Manchester one, and it was at, at certain points it was like so busy that like there actually wasn't space in the fan zone areas to like support your the runner that you went to go the, the someone the person competing because everybody was already crowding over the the whatever sled push area so that's um something to think Man, about he's just said how proud he is of the setup and you no but i'm saying <laughs> no but it's a good thing <clears throat> it's a good thing that they're getting so so many fans essentially like so many audience tickets well here's, to go. here's something that you would have missed because you weren't at london but oh, for the, here we go again <laughs> for the for the first time i think um certainly in the uk i'm not sure about the rest of the world but there was a grand stand behind the wall balls, which was pretty awesome mm. That was wow. cool. Yeah. yeah. Damn, I'm pissed I missed that. That's <laughs> yeah, it was cool. All your own fault. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, speaking to the the kind of spectator experience and the number of people and maybe it was harder for you to to follow follow your your friend or whoever you were supporting. Um I would say that that's from our perspective it's a problem, but it's a great problem to have, right? Because obviously exactly. we've we're just super, super happy with how, how big the community's gotten in the UK. And so to have issues of people being able to see their, their friend is an in, an issue, but it's also great that we've got so, so many people and so many people kind of, um, I guess, really loving the sport that we're, we're trying to build. So having said that, bigger venues, we've already, we already had a much bigger venue in, in London. Uh, next season's ticket sales are going amazing, so we're going to have to look into bigger venues there as well. So the venues will get bigger as well. You're going to give us a, uh, a a promo code at some point. I mean, I think we can angle for that. I'm <laughs> doing this live on camera, so we can't back out. <laughs> Maybe no comment. Um, now you've touched on that, like looking ahead, going into the future, next year expansion. It'd be cool to just spend a bit of time actually talking through a bit of the wider like high rocks world, I think. Um, one thing that I had before we start going to that though, is what's been the highlight of the year for you? Mm. The highlight of the year for me. Good question, good question. I'm full of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? I really love our gym events. I love our gym events. Our, our main events, I mean, from a staffing uh, perspective and for the people who, especially for me and like the small team that we have in the UK, it's a very, it's a very full on experience. It's a very long day. It's a lot of, it's, it's awesome to see all the people who, who we've been speaking to throughout the, 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 whole, the whole year and who we've seen at our gym events and everything coming and taking part in Hyrox, which is super cool. Um, but there are so many of them, which is again a great a great thing. But it does mean that it's a really full on day, and it's and it's uh, 
it's very very tiring and it's very um you know stressful that you're putting out fires and everything so so the main events for me for, for i think from internally um can be can be uh you know they're very very long days as i say and they can be quite stressful still it's still enjoyable <laughs> definitely um but uh but they're 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 very full on um but the gym events is is where i i would say i've had my best experiences uh pr probably at the gym events i really enjoy that maybe closer proximity that we get to with a lot of the athletes and a lot of the people who have really come on really we we have a real extended family in the uk um with a lot of people joining us at a number of gym events and really uh you know their extensions of the of the brand at this point so i, I really love those those moments probably for anyone attending future hyrox events the eddie in his get up is a sight to behold he has like a microphone he has like a charging pack for it he's like dressed in all black all geared <laughs> out he's like on the walkie-talkie like yep i gotta go and whenever we do see him he's got like a a quick two minutes to give you a hug and be like yeah good luck bro and then he's off yeah exactly like he says fighting another fire yeah. is there anything lined up in the future for uh, outdoor events outdoor pfts would you ever do an outdoor high rocks do you think yeah good question um as far as kind of pfts or or, or gym events or stuff like that so we've already d done that one that, that we're mentioning now um and we've also got the i think you guys mentioned on on your last podcast by the way i'm a fan of the podcast I to the first three episodes <laughs> we're love what you, you guys man. are doing <laughs> um and three uh, there's four episodes out there <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, well, five one. by I the time one. this goes out oh shit yeah <laughs> Never mind. Well, no, but the last He's one, listened. the He's last listened. one you did was the one with Lucy, right? Yes, yeah, that's, well, that's the last one live at this point. Oh, okay, then I've listened to four. I've listened to everyone. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, sorry, um, but back to the question. Um, outside events, we've got one coming up with Runner. I think you mentioned it yes. in the last podcast. Yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I've got uh, my friend Blake, the elusive Blake, who I always talk about, who no one really knows. Uh, he's coming. He's coming down. He'll hate that I said that. Uh, he's coming down, uh, stay, stay the night in London with me, and then we're going to do that. Actually, quickly on that point, what does it mean? to do a collaboration with runner what is it is it going to change the event is it going to be different at all um essentially it's just the run the runner community combining with the with the hyrox community so we've obviously promoted it to all of our followers and uh and runner have done the same it's also a really natural in integration because runner are a, a running training uh platform yeah. they help people training training especially like running specific um and obviously high rocks uh, running is a big part of high rocks so mm -hmm. at that event you can expect to see um some running and you can also expect to see some some functional workouts it won't be a pft just for anyone okay, who's cool. who's wondering um it'll be a bit of a unique workout oh nice well even more looking forward yeah. to it but in terms of the main the main high rocks events no no plans for outdoors no okay. plans for outdoors we're, we're a winter a winter season sport yep. um so that's why we're in our kind of off season at the moment um yes. without any main events until september and then we'll go from september to may just like we did in yeah. the past season that's wicked so the a collaboration with runner it's all about the sort of the business angle growing the community growing the sport really like fantastic to see like other brands you're partnering with to, to host these events in terms of the the core business proposition for Hyrox, how do you see uh, the future or like what is the end goal? Is it putting on these events and we're just like a constant machine, like a good machine, uh, churning these out? Um, I, on, on one of the recent episodes, I talked about trying to unpack what the benefits were to becoming an affiliate gym. 
what did it, in your eyes, or are you able just to run us through, like, why would someone want to become an affiliate gym? What's the end goal there? Yeah, cool. So, I mean, I guess there's two different things there. There's the end goal with Hyrox, which I think at the moment is very much our concentration is on trying to expand these events and give and give everyone around the world an opportunity to take part in the event, wherever you live in Australia. Um, obviously, we're we're expanding to the Middle East next season as well. Um, you know, South South Africa. There's a bunch of different regions um, on on the on the radar. So we really want to expand this concept globally, um, and. Uh, and then I think the other the other thing is to try and obviously get loads of people to the events and, and expand the the kind of the high rocks the high rocks world as we call it um, to every every corner of, of the world which you yeah, take over <laughs> we want to take over um, no so we want it we want to really expand the high rocks world and, and expand it um, globally as well as also hopefully I, I think what we're doing in the UK is a really good um, kind of blueprint which we'll try and um, well, we've already got great communities in, in the US and Germany as well, but we'll try and expand to all those regions as well um, and have this, this great community. Um, Fantastic. All over the world. So building the community, building the, the business side of it in terms of the events. But when, when I see the, like the paddock, I like to call it, where they have all the, <laughs> all the gyms that are affiliates that come down, um, the benefits there are obviously like you have a space, like someone to chill out, discounted entry for like gym goers uh, to there. Like, what would be your typical conversation to try and onboard a gym? Yeah, yeah, good question. So I think that the benefit to, so that the, I think in your last, your last episode, you mentioned kind of um, whether or not the partner gym, I think you looked at the website maybe, and, 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 and that on that website page, it is, it is targeted towards the gym owner. So it's a, it's a gym-focused kind, of, uh, kind of question. Or, or, or we're trying to answer for the gym, from the gym's perspective, why would you want to become a high rocks gym? Mm -hmm. um, and there's, there's two different benefits, right? So there's the benefits of the gym and there's benefits to, to the member. Mm -hmm. um, the benefits of the gym is that they can use the high rocks branding the, or the high rocks name mm -hmm. to promote uh, and kind of uh, and host high rocks classes mm -hmm. um, and high rocks training days and everything. Um, in order to kind of get people ready for for the main event and with with High Rocks expanding uh, very rapidly, it's actually, I think, a really interesting proposition for a gym because there are lots of people out there who, I guess you guys know, know yourselves because you're, you're High Rocks fans yourselves. Um, there are a lot of people out there who are looking for places to train for High Rocks. Mm -hmm. And so our partner gyms can be the perfect location uh, for that. And with the, with the partner the partner gym package. It's a bit of a package. It in includes multiple different things, including discount and entry, including free entry for the, for the, for the gym owners and stuff like that. Um, branding and all, all this type of stuff. Um, but, uh, but I think the, the core of it really is, is uh, the music leveraging the high rocks brand name to, to promote your, your business as a gym. Um, and then that kind of floats. I think those benefits float down to, to the member because many members in, in a number of gyms across the UK are training for high rocks because they've they found some something that they that they enjoy with high rocks so their their gym can then really um really kind of represent the brand the other thing that the gym gets is they get some guidance from us in terms of how to um how to deliver high rocks classes in in their in their gym they also get a free entry to our high rocks academy in which their 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 coaches can come al come along to the come along to the academy um and uh and become more more educated in terms of how to 
building high rocks uh, into the gym. So off the back of what you just said, I think this is quite an interesting question um, where, where people go to train for high rocks. And I think, and correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong here, this is just my perception. At the moment, your partner gyms seem to primarily be CrossFit boxes, if, if that's right? Yes. Okay. Um, and my question is how easy it is to then, because obviously they, they're affiliated with CrossFit, to then say, come in and be like, oh, also, do you want to do this high rocks thing? And can we disrupt your schedule a little bit and make sure that if you are going to be an affiliate, you're going to specialize classes where you just focus on sled push and pull, for instance. And this is a bit of a twofolded question, because my next question based on that would have been, are there ever going to be pure high rocks gyms? Is that something you're looking to set up? At the moment, it's affiliate gyms, and that's how you're getting the word out. But are you looking to open High Rocks London, High Rocks Manchester, High Rock Birmingham, wherever it might be? No, so we we as a business aren't looking to to open our own kind of High Rocks High Rocks gyms, which are owned and operated by 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 us. Um, the events business is very different to a gym business, mm-hmm. and so we're we're very aware that owning and operating a gym on a weekly basis is very different to um, operating events like like we do. Um, what was your other question? What was your other question? So, sorry, so the other question, and forgive me, I phase this in a bit of a silly way, but is it is it hard to contend for the limited class space, I guess, that a CrossFit box will have? I imagine they have a full schedule packed of things. And is it so that when you come in and do your High Rocks uh, PFT tours, essentially, that's where, you know, you'd come in um, even as a non-member, but thereafter, is there an idea? I think you touched on it a little bit, but how, how does it work? So you set up a high rocks class and then they run that on a regular weekly basis or? Yeah, exactly. So our partner gyms, they, they already run high rocks classes in most cases, um, on, on their weekly schedule. So they've got, is, is that without you having approached that's, them? That's without, us have us being there as as mm. high rocks. So, so you're that's seeing them running, a, running it independently. You're seeing a genuine demand for the goers of that gym to want to train for high rocks. Yeah, of course, because otherwise the gym wouldn't wouldn't include high rocks on the schedule, um, or or they would include it on the schedule and then take it off quickly because if it wasn't if it wasn't a popular class, then it would it would be taken off. So our partner gyms do already in most cases, have high rocks on their schedule and they are operating high rocks classes. And, and do you ever get approached by a gym to be an affiliate or is it more like you're going out and selling yourselves to them? We get approached a lot now, uh, which is which is super cool. Um, <laughs> um, we get approached a lot now by, by gyms, I, I guess, with, with a lot of their members taking part in high rocks. They now see, see I, I think, the benefit to... Or they see the need for the, for their members to have. Then their members are, are wanting high rock specific training sessions, and so I think the gym is responding to that and reaching out to us and, and saying, "How can we how can we get involved?" Um, the question you had about whether or not we we partner mostly with with CrossFit boxes, I think that at the moment at the moment that's certainly the case, and and I think that high rocks and CrossFit are two very different things. We think Hyrox we, we think Hyrox is super cool of course. But we also think that <laughs> that um that CrossFit is very cool. Um and so we don't we don't see it as as uh, as very very competitive. Well no they they've, they've because of the 
nature of the functional element of CrossFit, I think that's kind of paved the way for a lot of CrossFitters to get into high rocks. And that's certainly what, what Lucy kind of alluded to. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So like Lucy's a perfect example because actually she's not a perfect example because she said that she preferred CrossFit to high rocks. <laughs> um, no, Lucy's a, a good example because she's built high rocks. She's, she's, she loves her CrossFit, which is awesome. She's found a community um, and she's doing her weekly classes and she enjoys, uh, again, proving that I listen to the podcast, <laughs> she enjoys the technical aspect of, of CrossFit, um, which for someone like me, I'm not so, I'm not so uh, kind of that way inclined. I don't want to learn how to snatch a barbell. I'm just not, not that into the gymnastics side of, of CrossFit. So High Rocks is a really great thing for me because it, it takes out all of those um, technical movements that CrossFit includes. And it's, uh, they're fundamentally quite different because High Rocks is more endurance-based. It's more simple movements. Um, and CrossFit is obviously more complex movements um, and oft, often much shorter workouts. It's like, you've, honestly, you've teed me up brilliantly for this uh, segue to the end now. Basically, I'm very conscious of time. You've spoken so eloquently and really in, in a real in-depth way about the inner workings of behind the scenes. Um, it's almost like it's his job. I know. You'd, you'd almost think, wouldn't you? Um, I think what I'd like to get into now is like your experience with CrossFit. You've talked about it. But I want to hear the nitty gritty. Like what is the, what's the exercise that you deep dislike the most? Where, where are you making your most time up? Like if you had any, well, another question on top of that. What is your, your biggest tip that you would give to someone competing? Wow, big questions. So what was my, sorry, did you ask what's my least? Yeah, what's your least, least favorite, favorite one? What's the one my that least you're favorite like, ah, I don't want to do this right now. My least favorite workout. You know what? I find the rower quite quite a yeah. struggle. Yeah. In in the context of high rocks, I don't think rowing necessarily, if you do a leisurely, you can do a leisurely row in the gym, but uh, I think in the context of high rocks, it's just quite, which is actually, I haven't heard many people say the rower, um, but, um, but the rower, it's, it's a, it, it burns. <laughs> um, and it comes like right before, you know, that at the rower, you're, you're heading into, uh, your wall balls and your lunges. So I think you're, you're heading into really the business end at that stage. That's wicked. And your, and your favorite tip for someone, my big tip for someone taking part in high rocks. Innuendo. Mm, I think that classic Ben has got one of those in. <laughs> it um, it really depends on where you where, which which community you're coming from. Mm -hmm. So the CrossFitters, I think the tip is very clear that they need to. In ma in many cases, they're scared of the running. Mm -hmm. So the 8K running is actually Lucy again. She mentioned that, didn't she? Um, that CrossFitters hear 8K and they say, "Oh man, that's loads." which is kind of ironic because you've got millions of people running marathons around the world, um, which are a lot more than 8K. Um, but CrossFitters are obviously just not that way inclined. They're more into the, the, the strength, the lifting and stuff like that. So I'd say for a CrossFitter, you've got to run more. Um, for someone who's, who's not a CrossFitter, I'd say work on your technique on the wall balls. <laughs> so there's many, there's many, many people who, who don't come from the CrossFit. The CrossFitters are amazing at wall balls. Um, Many people who, who don't come from a CrossFit background, they often struggle with the wall ball technique and stuff. Like Tom, Tom's technique on the wall ball, I'd love to, I'll dig out 
Tom's technique at the, my at old, first my, uh, my original technique. <laughs> his his original technique. His technique's now flawless. Um, but at the first gym event that I think Tom came to, or maybe second, um, I caught him doing wall balls, and I, I took a video. So maybe I'll, I'll share it with you guys. <laughs> yeah, please do. That would be brilliant. brilliant. <laughs> the, you mentioned uh, running, getting better at running. A very hot topic, close to my heart at the moment, is what is the perfect high rock shoe? I want to hear what you run in, and I want to hear what you look for in a shoe. <laughs> Good question. Good question. I um I run in the Puma Magnifies. Okay. Puma Magnify Nitros, I believe. And what's good about them? Well, Puma gave them to me, so they were they were. Free. <laughs> shout out! Shout out to Dirk and Ben, our con- our contacts at Puma for shooting me over some. They sent some over to me. Great, great to great to hear the names Dirk and Ben will be following up yeah. with you yeah. at a later day. Plug in the title sponsor. So uh, so, so they, they sent them over to me before my race in Amsterdam. I raced in them in Amsterdam and they held up really well. Basically, I mean, maybe the reason that I'd recommend them is that I've raced in them and I didn't experience any, I would never, <laughs> I would never blame the shoe for anything that went wrong at that race or in, um, or in uh, Vegas, where I just raced again. Uh, we, we do that on the podcast already. There's, there's no need for you to complain. That's, that's covered on this. <laughs> yeah, this we, we've got that angle. So I, I, would, I like the, um, the Puma Magnifies. I have to say, they, they've held up great for me, so I would, I would recommend them. They'll be my next shoe after I get through my Velocity Nitro 2s. Yeah. Final question. Final, final question before Ben rounds us out. You've just completed your high rocks. What is your go-to binge food after? Yes. Mm. My go-to binge. And food we don't want no clean high shit. High like it has to be a proper binge. Well, if he, but if if you if you legitimately are clean. No, <laughs> no, that's I mean, not the. You're quite, making him sound dirty. I just, <laughs> I just love a salad. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, what would I go to? I would go to. I'd love a burger. I'm a I'm a pescatarian, so I would go to a I'd go to a some type of vegetarian or pescatarian burger. Had a really good one the other day. It was like a prawn, like a it had like a pr- prawn was like in the patty, and so it was at a cin- I went to the cinema and they and I had the burger there. Very nice. A cinema prawn burger. That is so disappointing. <laughs> what, a, yeah. what a way to wrap up this yeah. episode. Ben, please finish. I mean, I mean, there's, there's no coming back from that, Eddie. You, you had such good high hopes for the pod, and then, and then here we go. But I think I really want to just say thank you for sitting down with us and unpacking some of like the finer elements and details behind the scenes. I know that we didn't get into actually talking about our workout today, but that was because this was so enjoyable just to hear it straight from the, not a horse, but from Eddie's mouth, uh, about what, what actually goes into putting these events together. And I really hope that the guys at home have like enjoyed sort of seeing behind the curtain as such. And like, hopefully if you're up for it, we'd love to have you back in a couple of episodes time and uh, talk to you about how many prawn burgers you've had. Thank you very much for having me. That's all right. Rack's on. Out. Out. That didn't work. Cool. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>